again, we got some of them feeding, some of them, some of them with the hall duty. Some here, some there, some vacation, some sick. It's about the least we've had in a while. We actually got extra seats this morning. <laughs> and some of them is a drag in after a while. All right, we're on our new book. See what I tell y'all. All right, we're in our new book, How to Prosper in Hard Times. You know, we, we did the book, Return of the Gods, and that was the biggest question. You've given us all this bad news. What are we supposed to do with it all? So that, that, that's how this developed. Um, but I want to go back. You, you may have to go back and get last week's recording if, if you wasn't here. Um, we're on, we stopped on page, um, nine. Last week was the first week on this book. But I, I wanted to go back and, and, and address some stuff. This first chapter, I see most of us don't need convincing of this that, you know, prosperity is, is God's will, you know. We talked about what prosperity is. It's not so much money as, as it is everything else. And in the end, we kind of got in this little discussion. Uh, uh, about giving to get or giving to expect. Uh, so let's just forget about what I think, forget about what you might think. Let's just see what the Bible says. How about that? And let that be the final authority on, on where, where we land. That's what, what the Bible says. Uh, that, that's what I do in my life when I got questions. If it's contrary to this, then I make myself line up with this. So let's let's go with that, that in mind. Let's go to Genesis eight in verse twenty-two. Because everything you do is a seed. That's how God set it up. Every action, every thought, every word, every decision, everything you do is a seed. And I'll read this, then I want to ask you a question. Everybody that Genesis 8, verse 22. It says, While the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. So he's saying that everything you do will cause something to happen in your life. Good or bad. Something you do, seed time and harvest. He set everything up on seed time and harvest. Now, the best example I can give you of this is, why did God sacrifice Jesus? You ever thought of that? Why did God sacrifice Jesus? Everybody going to say, well, huh? Only sacrifice worthy of seeing a man. Okay. I mean, that's true. But... He set the law, and we'll go back in Genesis chapter 1 in a minute, and we'll, we'll see what I just read again. He set the law of seed time and harvest when He created Adam. Before He ever breathed the breath of life into Him, He said some things over Adam. We'll see them in just a minute. That set the whole natural law, spiritual law into motion as long as men are on the earth. So God cannot get away from His own spiritual law. He has to, so he had to send a seed to get a harvest. Jesus was the seed that caused God to harvest me and you. 
without that seed and without that expectation of return, you and I would be bound for hell. There would be no, no remission of sin. See, he had to put that seed in the earth. And if you read the accounts in Hebrews and all, that's what, that's what the writer of Hebrews says. He calls it a seed. He don't say seeds as in plural, he says in there. He said God sent a seed, S-E-E, just single. See, Jesus for the harvest of what he expected, see. So, so that's how it, 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 it all started. Let's go to Deuteronomy 28. Don't build a little foundation here. And I'll say this many times this morning. But what we're going to talk about here. The, the giving is not to get. That's not what it's about. That is a benefit. And that's what we're going to try to establish this morning. That it is a benefit. But giving is about a heart condition. Whether you give in your time, you give in your love, you give in your money, it's all about a heart issue. And if your heart is in the not, not in the right place, then you won't do it, or you may do it grudgingly. And the Bible says, "Don't be a grudgingly giver, or don't be a grudgingly anything." The Lord really got on my case, um, you know, because He says you got to be willing and obedient. See. And a lot of things that he that that I was doing, I was willing, but I wasn't obedient. I did it. I don't like driving that bus. And we had a man. We had rounds and rounds about that. I don't like it. So when I understood that if everybody on that bus gets saved every Wednesday and Sunday that I drive it, I get no credit for that. I was obedient, but I wasn't willing. My willingness knocked me out. Of getting credit for for those for those souls, because if, if Randy preaches, no matter how many people get saved, everybody that contributed to that, whether it be their time in praise and worship, whether they cleaned the building, whether they drove the bus, whether they gave money to pay the light bill, in God's eyes, everybody gets credit for that one person that was saved, because it took the whole team effort. To get it to that point. Now, if we don't have nobody bringing them in, then his preaching don't do any good. Right? And if we all sitting in the dark, nobody's coming, so his preaching don't do any good. See? So that, I said that to say this. Now, in Deuteronomy here, so it's all about, about a heart condition. I work for the Lord. And the same thing, thing, thing about, about giving. You know, we, we talked this at length last week, you know, we had a little discussion, you know, never let anybody pressure you. You know, you got to come to decide if you want to do it or you don't want to do it. Let nobody pressure you. Let nobody make you feel guilty. Because first, they're wrong. They're trying to use people, use you to get them something. That's totally out of line with the word. We talked about last week. You know, we use things to get people. See, we use things to bless people to get their attention where we can get Jesus in the situation. See, we use things to get people, not people to get things. That's what the world does. And when pastors and preachers, whatever, put pressure on you to give, it's no longer then about them. See, anytime somebody takes up an offering, it should be about them getting your needs met. That should be the whole purpose of whatever they say is to get your needs met, not to get their needs met. That's reverse, see. 
is all about getting the people blessed. And you get the people blessed, then you know, what, what, you know, once Israel got blessed, they had to tell them to quit bringing stuff. They brought so much gold and so much silver, and Moses had to say, stop, stop, stop. See why? They had a willing heart, and they did it on their own. Nobody coerced them and put pressure. Because if they put pressure on you to do it, then when the pressure wears off or the fear wears off, you're going to quit anyway. See? But if you do it because you want to and because you got a good heart about it, then that's what people continue to do, those kind of things. Okay, so here, Deuteronomy 28. This is the blessing of the Lord. Now Moses is telling the people here of Israel, they've been 400 years in slavery, and he's telling the people here what God told Adam and what God told Noah here. That's what this whole chapter is is about. But I just want we just want to pick out a couple of couple of things here because we're talking about why should we have any expectation when when we give and, and, and what is biblical and what is not. Deuteronomy twenty eight, and you should read this periodically. Uh, there's several verses here I, I read every day. Verse, uh, we start in verse eleven. And the Lord shall make thee plenteous in goods, in the fruit of your body, means your children order order do well. And the fruit of your cattle, and the fruit of thy ground, and the land which the Lord swore to thy fathers to give thee. The Lord shall open unto thee his good treasury, the heavens, to give the rain upon thy land in his season, and to bless all the work of thy hand, and thou shalt lend to many nations, and shall not borrow. So here the Lord is saying, whatever you put your hand to do, I'll bless. I'll, I'll prosper. I'll make it successful for you. Why? So that you could lend and not borrow or you could help people instead of being the one always getting helped. See? That's what he's saying here. You you I want my people to be able to use things to get people, not people to get things. See? Y'all y'all with me? Mm-hmm. Alright. So with that said let's let's jump back to Genesis chapter one and then we'll start going here. We see this in, 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 in chapter 1 here. This is what, if you could imagine this, God made Adam. He's a clay body. And God's holding him up like this. Then He's going to say this to him. And then He's going to breathe the breath of life into him. And then He's going to become a living, speaking spirit. See? In verse 28, it says, And God blessed them. Well, let's do about 20, 27 make, make it make sense. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he, male and female created he them. And God blessed them. What does that word bless mean? Y'all all know that. He empowered them to prosper. He empowered, that's what the word blessing means. The word curse, when you see curse in the Bible, it means empowered to fail. He, he empowered them to prosper. And this is what he told them. So God blessed them and said, be fruitful multiply, replenish the earth, and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowls of the air, and over every living thing that moveth. Now, if you study this in the Hebrew, it says being fruitful means always producing. You're always producing. Because He's blessed the work of your hand. Right? Now, there's something else I had to learn too. 
I got to be very, very, very careful what I put my hand to. Because remember, the spiritual law works the same on the negative as it does the positive. See? And if I put my hand to the wrong thing, then I wonder why things not going right in my life. Because whatever I touch is going to multiply and going to prosper, good or bad. We always want to see it on the good side. Because that's really how the Bible teaches. But spiritual law, like gravity, gravity works whether you believe it or not. It don't matter if you believe it. It's not going to stop it from working. Right? So spiritual law works on both. So being fruitful. Multiply says you're always increasing. Replenish means to fill and refill. And this is one I like. It's what Christians need to learn in this day and time. He says subdue means to control your environment or it'll control you. He gave you the spiritual authority to control your environment. When you walk into that room, the essence in that room ought to change based on your spiritual condition. You can tell when people walk in looking at their faces. Right or wrong. And it gets that aura out into that room of of that person is mad or ticked off or 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 if they happy or sad that aura see so you projecting something remember seed time and harvest you projecting something all the time and then when you projecting a negative attitude a, a negative outlook then why are you surprised when that gets reciprocated back to you see you put it out there and the spiritual law says it's coming back to you. See, well, why do they treat me like that? Well, probably because that's how you've been treating them. See, it, it, everything, everything you do is, is, is a seed. Okay, now let's get started. We're talking about money in this book, so we're going we're gonna to get on the money side. Philippians chapter 4. What or why should we expect anything? And I said, I keep wanting to say it. I want to get this through. We don't give to get. That's not what we're talking about this morning. But we are talking about what you have a right to in God. Just like you have an insurance, health insurance policy, it says what it will and will not do, right? And if you get sick and you go to the doctor and they say, well, we're not going to cover that, you can say, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's one of the benefits of my policy. See? That's a benefit to me. And that's what God is saying. If you're willing to get involved in this with me, then there's some benefits that automatically happen because of your your willingness. See? Not something you know. Not may get a little ahead of myself here, but people take this and they and they, they go terrible with it. I, I know this guy one time. Everything he would give, he would write it in a little book and multiply it times a hundred, and he would always tell God what God owes him. I'm like, okay. You just want to quit because you ain't never going to... I mean, that's not what it's about. I was going to say, how did that work out? Yeah, yeah, not too good. I'll tell you another good one too. We're going to the same thing with faith. I know this guy. Well, I don't know him. I, 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 now that he's got his head right, he, he got a a good testimony about, about, about how people do with faith. But I don't know who was crazy, him or the car lot. The rascal said, you know, bleed, I can get anything I want by faith. He go down to the Mercedes dealership. Writes them a $35,000 check that he don't have any money to cover. <laughs> they give him the car. And then next week the check bounces. He goes to jail. And I'm like, why don't my faith work? And, uh, but see, people take it to the extreme. I tell you, this, I know it's about a preacher. And he never did get it fixed. He found out about this faith thing. He said, oh, me and my family, we're going to live by faith. But the Bible says you you learn to live by the work of your hand. 
He said, we go, I'm just, I'm quitting my job. We living by faith. He got him, his wife, and three youngs in there. And they start living by faith. And they lay up at the house all day. Watch the TV. Don't, I mean, God's sending me a check today. God, and the check don't ever come. God's sending me a check today and the check, where it won't happen. He lost his car. He lost his house. He lost his ministry. That ain't living by faith. That's living by stupidity. You know, that's not faith. Faith don't, the Bible don't tell you to do those things. You earn the, you earn the living by the sweat of your brow and by that effort and by that seed that gives God avenues to increase you and bless you. So it stops a lot of the time to fall short of finding out the whole information. Just like uh, we start to believe, we start to hear one message, and we, instead of researching for ourselves, then we jump on it. That's right. That, that insurance policy, we don't, you know, we, we give in, but now we, we're trying to create the terms, to, and the terms are set. We're just trying to create it, but without finding out. That's right. Mm-hmm. So let me go and give you a surprise, too. God ain't going to rain no money down on heaven. If He did, it'd be counterfeit. It'd be illegal. See, everything is in the earth already. See? And by our working, He uses what's in the earth to come to us and accumulate. See? He's not going, if you wait for Him to rain money down, you, you know, or, or, or get that big check in them. I, I heard this guy too. They used to come to church. They don't come here anymore, so, but I ain't going to call their name. You know, every time we talk to him, I believe I'm going to get that big check and pay off everything I got. Well, he ain't paid off everything he got and he still ain't working. Until he gets that piece, he ain't ever going to pay off everything he's got. You know? It just don't work that way. So, it, But people people get that when you start talking about prosperity. They just think they're just going to, you know, the motive is I just want to give something where I can get a big check. And, and that that's not biblical in any sense of the form. Okay. Everybody in Philippians 4? Now, I wrote my scriptures down right today. You know, I caught flack all week about that. Philippians 4. Let's start in verse 15. And this is Paul. Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but only you. Even at Thessalonica, Thessalonica, you sent once again unto my necessity. Not, this is about preaching a while ago. Not that I desire a gift, but I desire that fruit may abound to your account. So he's saying, I didn't ask trying to get something from you. I ask so you could make deposits in your heavenly account. And see, that's what we don't understand. The Bible says, what? And we took this out of context. He says, lay up treasures in heaven, right? For moth and rust don't corrupt. See, what's he talking about? Well, because you have a spiritual account based on your giving, and when you need something, you have a right to make that withdrawal from heaven, but inflation and, and devaluation, all that stuff can't touch it. It's dollar for dollar in God's economy. See? That's what he's talking about in that scripture about moth and rust and all don't corrupt it. It can't devalue and it'll always be there. Not when you think you need it, but when he thinks you need it. See the difference. Lord, I need a new boat. I gave a hundred dollars last week. Can you send me a check? All right. So, so, give me a, so, you, so, so everything we, we, we do, and we're talking about money, in the financial area, we, it, it is kept up. Just, you know, remember, when we get to heaven, He's going to open this big book of life, and we're going to be judged by everything we've ever done. 
See, well, giving is part of everything we've ever done. See, so that account will be there. See, but I have all and abound. I am full, having received of Ephroditus the things which were sent from you, an odor of sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. Now, we all know verse 19. What does it say? My God shall supply all your needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Everybody quoted that? But if you didn't do verse 17, you ain't got nothing in your account to get out of your account. If you got zero in your account, how much can you write a check for? Zero. You, you see that. We gotta put all that, all this together where, where it's scriptural and, 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 and then it works for us. Alright, Proverbs 19, 17. What we're trying to show you this morning is that every time there's a giving scripture, God has a benefit for you attached to it and we need to recognize that and accept that and, and because people think it's wrong to expect to receive something from their giving. Well, it is wrong if it's the wrong motive, but it's not wrong if it's if it's done biblically. Because God needs us to participate in this, and by that He can He can bless us. Verse seventeen, uh, nineteen seventeen. We there? Oh, I'm sorry. Proverbs. I done it again, didn't I? Proverbs nineteen seventeen. We may not make it to the book this morning. Be there. He that pitieth, he that hath pity upon the poor lendeth to the Lord. And that which he hath given, he will pay him again. So God's saying, if you'll help me, the church's responsibility is the poor, not the government's. See, God gives specific directions how to handle the poor. If you look back in, 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 in the law, in Leviticus, he said, you don't, because everything about relates to farming because that's what they did. He said, you don't, you don't pick all the cotton in the edges of your field. You leave those edges. See? For the poor. So then the poor comes in and picks that cotton or pulls that corn, see? And then the next year they can go to the farmer and say, hey, I learned how to pick cotton. I learned how to pull corn last year. Can you hire me to help you with the harvest this year? See? You help them for a little while and give them a trade, and now it's up to them to come benefit themselves. See, not a continual handout. See, and that is the church's responsibility is is to handle the poor biblically, where they understand how to handle that money. But he said here, if you're willing to help me with the homeless, with the poor, with those that don't have enough, you can rest assured that I'll get it back to you. That you won't lose anything if you're willing to help. See. Because a lot of times we don't want to give. Because why? Because we don't think we have it. See? So we have to develop faith in these Scriptures because the worst thing you can do is God to lay something on your heart and you not do it. See? You only give to where you feel led. Don't every time somebody throws an offering plate out, don't just plunk something in it. Because you just, you're just throwing money away. You give where God leads you to give and then you have these spiritual rights. Now, we're not talking about tithe now. That, that goes without saying. We, we, we're talking about, about giving here right now. We're talking about tithe here in a few minutes. See? But don't let, don't let people pull on your heart and your heartstrings and you give out of guilt or, or feeling sorry for folks. In the, why? When they're doing that, just always remember, when they do that, they're trying to get something 
from you, not something to you. Always check motivation when somebody's taking up an offering. What is their motivation? Is it about them or is it about me? If they really, who they say they are, their number one responsibility would be trying to get something to you, not from you. See? So don't ever get into that big pool. You know, that I got to, I got to, pressure, pressure, you know, and he drums it up and they drum it up and they drum it up and they drum it up. See? It's always about motive. On both sides, theirs and ours. And if you feel begrudged, keep your money. You're throwing it away. Even if you feel led to do it, and you're just arguing with yourself, and you ain't wanting to do it, and you know, it's like you're young, you tell them to take the trash out. They grab the trash can, and they just drag it and throw trash all the way to the curb, and throw the curb down. They was obedient, but they wasn't willing in the least. Right? And a lot of times you say, well, I'd rather have done that myself. You know? That's the same thing, same with God. See, if, 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 if you fighting it, just go to God and say, look, be honest. I mean, He already knows. Don't, don't fool yourself. Just tell Him. Because He already knows all you're doing is fooling yourself. So look, I, I, I just ain't got this right now. Be honest. You know, help me. I want to get it. Help me. See? And let Him develop you in it, not people pushing you into something that, that, that you don't want to do to start with. And I know you don't hear this in much churches, but you hear it from pastor too. You know, he, you don't, he don't want you to give if, if you don't, if you don't feel like you're supposed to. Because we don't, we're not after your money. We're after getting something to you here at this church. You know what, when you're, when you're being, feeling, uh, led or versus being, you know, in other words, be coerced, that feeling sometimes mm-hmm. you, I mean, it, it can go, you can be on both sides of the fence and not know. Uh, I've talked to people, you know, they, 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 they talk about that and then they, they, they start feeling guilty once they get even questioning themselves. Mm-hmm. So what is, you know, what, in that situation, you know, if you question, because um, at first I think everybody questions. Yeah. Uh, because, because it goes against the grain of, of our, that sin principle we're born with. You know, cause, cause, a big mistake we make is, is when we give, we think we have lost something. We, 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 we're giving it away and we can never get it back. Well, until we learn these spiritual principles, you, you, you will never get it back. It will be a loss. See? But God, even for, you see all these scriptures we're reading and we, and we got a few more to go. Every one of them saying, if you'll participate, I'll ensure that you don't lose nothing. That's what, that's what he's saying. You can have confidence that, 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 that I got you in this and, and that it'll be a benefit to you, not, not, not a detriment in the end. But till our heart condition gets there, you know, then we're just not ready to, to participate in it. And there's nothing wrong with that. We've all been there. Everybody, even there, we talked about this last week at length. You know, and we had a big discussion about it. Everybody that ever tithes, I mean, it was a hard thing in the beginning. It was hard. Because you're not used to it. You're used to using that money for something else. And, and, and then to, to, to say, well, you know, it, it, what am I, what am I going to do without this money? See, we have to develop faith in, in those tithing scriptures that, that we looked at a little bit. We're going to look at some more today to, to, to believe it. And then once we develop faith in it, it's not a hard thing to do. See, once you develop faith in it. And you just got to go to God, like we talked about last week, and, and say, look, I, I want to do this. But, but, but physically, I cannot right now. Show me how to get there. Help me get from where I am to being able to do it. But, but then when you take that responsibility, you got to follow Him and do what He says. Because what He's going to tell you is probably going to go against your grain because that's why you 
where you are in that mindset of not wanting to tithe. See, you've got to change that flow of information, and and it, it may take some 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 hard dealings with God. So he, he, you know, that chastising for God is always for your benefit, not for your detriment. See, and anybody else? So he said here, you know, if you will, but now I'm gonna say this too from my own experience. Know what you're doing. Now I ain't talking about if if if, if they take up an offering in the church to to help somebody. But 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 if if you get a sad story and go help somebody personally, individually, now I'm going I'm going I'm going to help Lee financially. Alright? Be sure. Be sure. Because until I learn this thing, people will take advantage of you. Mm-hmm. They, 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 they will ride your good nature. See? And you have to be strong enough to expect something from them when you start helping them. If you just help them and there's no change, then they're never going to quit needing the help. See? And be careful of that. People will, people will take, take advantage of your good, good nature and your willingness to help them. See? You have to have a strong compass and you may hurt their feelings. But if if they want your money, then they're gonna have to do this. Don't just let it be a free flow. And as I mean, Miss Angela had it had it several times till till we learned that. I, I know how to say no real good now. Oh, you ain't doing what you said you was helping the first time. So hey, you ain't doing what you're supposed to. You ain't doing. We have this these people for six months, and they never change one thing. Never change one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to do it. We got to do it. But that's why they like they are because they they always procrastinate. They never get around to fixing it. See, and if they don't, then it no longer becomes your responsibility to continue to to, to put God's money in a bad place. That's what you're doing. See, because you're doing it for the kingdom. See, the money is 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 an attraction to be able to talk to them about Jesus and get them to church. That that's the purpose of of you helping the poor or helping anybody. But just be careful. That they, that that there is that 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 won't that that ride you out. Now some people that that just have issues and think bad things have happened to them and they get behind. But then there's people that have been like that their whole life and just ain't gonna change. And you have to decipher that. Well, I feel bad for the children. Still, if you ain't led, don't do it. Because you're going to end up frustrated at a high level. Luke 6.38. I have got cussed out. Giving people money and they cuss you out. That tells you in the beginning though that, it, that I shouldn't have never done it to start with though. All right, Luke six thirty-eight. Where we at, Marcus? We've got ten minutes. In. Give, Luke six thirty-eight. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall who? Men give into your bosom, for with the same measure ye meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. So God is saying, give. And it will be given back to you. So, so you have to have some expectation. And, 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 because why? 
Why does God want to multiply what you give? Anybody? When I give, everything in the Bible says God is going to multiply. Why does He want to multiply what I give Lee? Or what I give the church? That's right. Is you can do more. See? He wants to multiply you because you've shown that you have the right heart about giving and receiving. He can trust you with money. See? And all things you're going to do in the beginning are going to be little trials for Him to see if He can trust you. What will you do with the result, see, of your giving? Will you expand your giving or, or will you go to Disneyland? See? Good question. You give and you get a blessing. The church needs carpet and you need carpet. Who gets the carpet first? My house. That's what y'all say. I mean, that's what we do. That ain't right. The need of the church is first, then the house. Because if I do the church, the house is automatically taken care of by his, by God's own word. See, that's my first. But that's the purpose of the multiplication is to help people. See, and first, the first multiplication is for us to get where we need to be financially. When he first starts multiplying, because if you can't take care of your own bills on a consistent basis and have money left over, then you're never going to be able to help anybody else on a consistent basis. See. Most of the first effort is to get us where we need to be. See? And then when you start having excess on top of that, it's to help other people and, and do other things that God lay, lays on your heart. See? So he said here, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. So you gotta see this. Shall men give into your bosom. See, the, the, the increase is in the earth already. God's, when, when he, when he laid out the earth, he put everything you ever need here. See, there's nothing else coming. It's already here, see. So with this, here's the qualifier, see. For with the same measure, for the same heart condition and the same motive, I do it. That's how it's going to be measured back to me. That's why I said a while ago. If I got the wrong motive and the wrong measure, then I'm just throwing money out. Not doing any good. The people are not going to get the spiritual benefit that's intended that you may fix their physical need, but it's not about the physical need. It's about the spiritual need, see? And if I give in the wrong motivation, they're never going to get that spiritual help that the seed was intended to give them. That makes sense? See? That's the purpose of everything, is getting Jesus in there. And the best way, most cases, you get some credibility by helping somebody. That's, you know, you, you, when you help them and you don't say anything about anything, you just help them out of the goodness of your heart, you get some credibility. See, so your, your, your words and, and, and you as a person hold some weight with that person. Instead of saying, well, I know they're going to get your car next week, Lee, but I'll be praying for you. That really didn't do nothing. <laughs> and all my prayers ain't going to fix her car problem. Somebody's going to have to take some action to help her to fix her car problem. All the prayers in the world won't fix it. All the faith in the world won't fix it until somebody puts some action on their faith in their prayer. See, that's what it fixes. You, you have to have that corresponding action. See, and then, because when, when I go help her, her stress level is to where she's not receptive to Jesus right now. Her problem is, how am I going to get the babies to daycare? How am I going to get to work? See? You've got to satisfy that need first. And then come back later 
when that stress level is gone, and then they're real out to hear what you've got to say because you have credibility with them now. See, you try to help them not get nothing from them. See, that's what the whole system is designed to do. How's it using that same scenario like that? Even though Miss Lee has the faith and believes, is it is it still wrong for her to worry? Because she's, she knows that she's still got a... That's right. It's wrong. To worry. No, if you're worried, you don't got no faith. They, 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 one is fear, one is faith. If I believe God done it, and I believe He done it, then, then, then you only have fear when you have a sense of loss. The, the sense of loss generates the fear. See? The doctor calls you, you go to the doctor to get some tests, and he calls you and he says, well, you need to come in, I need to talk to you, but I can't see you the next week. What happens that whole weekend, that whole week, that stress level builds, 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 right? Because you believe what? Something is wrong and that thought of loss or something in the wrong way, you've generated that fear. But when you walk in and he says, I know it took me a little while, but because I've been really busy, but you know, I just want you, everything's okay. Boom, where did your stress level go? Huh? No, no thought of loss, no fear. Do you see that? No thought of loss, no fear. You only have fear when you get that loss. Without it, there is no fear. See, you always remember that. Fear is generated by a negative. You think a negative circumstance is going to happen to you, and it generates that that fear. And all right, Mark, uh, Mark ten. Any more? Any more on that? Do, do, what about so, go ahead, Eric. I'm sorry. I just wanted, I heard a pastor say one time, all worry is is trying to change something we have no control over. That's exactly right. Go ahead, Mark. What is it in the, you know, it's 365 times just fear not after every day of the year, so that's one line. But what about the difference in faith versus expectation? Well, that, that it's not a, uh, not a uh, development of faith, it's we just, Feel like we throw throw that around in my car fix. Somebody will come along, whatever. I mean, is that a faith where it's not faith in God? Yeah, I mean, we have you, you, you have faith in a lot of stuff. You have faith. You hit that light switch. That light's gonna come on. Well, you know, you, you, you know, they, they, they don't. You know, that is is faith too. But the first thing we got to need, our first move has got to be, what's your plan? See, because you look all through the Bible, everybody. They always ask, what do you have? He, uh, the, Elijah asked the widow, you know, they're going to get her two sons. What do you have in the house? i got to have a seed. I need something to work with. What did Jesus say to feed the 5,000? What do you have? They said, but. We don't have but. Three fish and five loaves. We got this is little old dab. You know, they, they, see, they, they see lack. But God sees multiplication. See? And we got to think like, he says, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. So we got to move up there and get on his thoughts. He did say his thoughts were, we were not capable of getting to them. But right now in our lack mind, we're not on his level. He's always going to ask you to give him something to work with because why? Seed time and harvest. Seed time and harvest. You got to put something in. And it may be a, you may not have but a penny. You may not have, I know a guy one time that sold a pencil. That's all I had to my name. Sold a pencil. You got him started. You don't. We don't have to be money. If you don't have the money, you can sow time. Whatever God lays on your heart is what you sow, not what you think. 
So when I don't have the money, I'm just going to go bake them a cake or I'm going to go cut the grass. Well, if it ain't directed by the Lord, it's just you just, you're just helping them with the grass, but you're not getting anything out of that seed. What, your first plan is, all right, I got this need. What, what, what is the plan? Because you got a plan. All I need to know is what I'm supposed to do. And then, see, that seed, what is that seed? That seed is your faith point. When, did you, hey, God, you laid this on my heart. I, I, I released my faith. And now when I think about this need, I say, no, no, I got seed. I got seed. I don't no longer have a need. I got seed. I got seed. I got seed. I got heart. See, that is your, to keep you focused and keep you where it's supposed to be. And it's never about the amount. It's about the obedience. See? Never about the amount. It's about the obedience. Because God don't need your money. He needs your obedience. That's the whole, the whole thing in, in a nutshell. Question now. It might be do we sow this type of seed for the harvest that we want? As much as possible, but it's not always possible. It's hard to sow a health seed. Mm-hmm. You, know. you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. if we need... Mm-hmm. But, they, but we, 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 maybe, maybe we need to have another week on this next week. Because the Bible talks about, we, we should name our seed. And we do it every memo on our check. When we, we write a giving check to something or something, we put in the memo what we believe in for. That, that's my faith connection. I got that seed in the ground, and this is what I want. Whether it be control blood pressure or, or arthritis or a, a, a crazy child or a situation at work. <laughs> it, it don't matter, you know. That, that, name that seed because then that, because that's the kind of harvest you're looking for, and that's the kind of harvest you're directing your faith towards, see. Your, 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 your faith is, is your connection. It gets you from that need to, to, to that solution, see. see. But with that seed, then it grows and, and puts you in, in, into that place that you want to be. So always name, name your seed. You know, even if, you, if you're giving cash in, a, in an offering envelope or something. Not, you know, people may think you're crazy. It don't matter what they think. They, they, they're not in the situation you are, see. You know, and... Uh, you know, put it on that offering envelope. You ain't got to put. You just put it on there, whatever you, whatever it is. See, name that seed that gives you a place for for you to latch your faith on. No, I believe I received when I done that. This is this is done. Focus on that, and it'll help keep the worry away. Amen. You want to move on the book? Or you want to finish this next week? What y'all want to do?